acting as the hero in your own life. Welcome everybody to the Motive Podcast. My name is Shaden Bertinoli. I'm a licensed therapist and I want to help you solve life's hardest problems and find solutions to some of your struggles that you have. You know, I uh, this question, are you the hero of your life, is a big one. I think, uh, you know, every movie you've ever watched was about a hero. Uh, if you did watch a movie that wasn't about one, then it was probably pretty boring. Every movie, right, has its its main character, and that, that main character's on a journey. That main character's got a a problem to solve and and a and a and a hope to to find and to to see fulfilled and watching them go through the hard times and and getting there and and and, and almost failing all over and over again is uh that's why we watch them that's why we read that's why we read the greatest books that we have um they're always about a hero and so often we uh we 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 take second second place in in our own story where we're not the hero somebody else is and and i think you know every every movie the greats the great movies the great stories the great the great books of our time they all have what's called a climactic scene where it all comes together where the hero triumphs and overcomes whatever obstacle was in their way and accomplishes the mission that they that they needed to do and then we we celebrate and every if you notice too that after that happens then usually most of all the characters in the movie come together and uh and there's this reunion and uh and so sadly sadly in my life uh, in this last couple of weeks I've uh I've been going through some really tough times our whole family has we there's a hero hero in my life um he's not the hero of my life but he's a hero in my life and his name is Ronnie Whittison and he is my brother-in-law uh, he was 44 years old and on Wednesday July 21st he sadly died of a of a massive heart attack and left six kids and a beautiful wife and uh and moved on to the other side of the veil and and it's been tough obviously it's been really tough and i i want to talk to you though about just a few a few parts of it which ronnie i got to we got to experience what i would consider is a is is one of his climactic scenes um and that being his funeral and i think all of you listening i want you to think about it for a second of of a funeral being your climactic scene and i know that might sound weird because it's 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 like the one event you wouldn't necessarily be at now i believe spiritually for sure like you can attend it but you're not going to speak at it you're not going to be able to hug people and 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 receive their congratulations and receive their their love so to speak and but but i want you to go there for a second of if your life is your story which it should be but oftentimes it it's 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 gotten away from you if the if a funeral is your your funeral is your climactic scene what do you want to hear the person who you know my wife read my she read her brother's obituary 
and it was a beautiful writing, a beautiful obituary. And if you had to write your own, if you wrote your own obituary, you know, Shaden was survived by these people. Shaden loved doing this. Shaden did this and Shaden did that. What do you want it to say? Because I think oftentimes we we don't take time and we, we, we major in, in minor things. We focus on so many little things that our obituary could be 10 miles long and still miss what I would call meaning. And so as I sat, um, as I sat during Ronnie's funeral, I wasn't surprised, but yet I'll still share it. It was amazing to, to just hear from multiple, I mean, for me, going through the viewing and the funeral together, that would have made it hundreds of people telling me the same thing which was Ronnie just loved me so much and he he served me in this way what a what a celebration you know what a what a trophy to to leave with people that to, for them to, for them to be able to say he loved me he served me And as I listened to the funeral, that was the message. That of service, that of loving his Savior, Jesus Christ, and and loving people. And doing it often. And doing it in, in the way his son said it, in the shadows. He served in the shadows. And so as I've taken time for myself and I... I want you to think about it for yourself of reverse engineering your life. If your funeral is one of the greater climactic scenes of your life, what do you want people to say about you? How many people do you want to be there? And don't tell me the, don't give me that answer of like, Oh, I don't want one. I don't want people to, to be sad over me. Don't go there. Think about it. Do you want a lot of people to be able to show up? I do. And I don't think that's vanity. Because I want them to show up because the same thing with of Ronnie. That I love them and I serve them. I cared about them. And so if this is the climactic scene, if, if, if this is what could, you know, your funeral being your climactic scene, how do you reverse engineer your life from there? It's like, okay, if I, I, want, if I want a lot of people there, if I want, and if I want people to say this about me, if I want my obituary to read this about my motherhood, about my being a father, about me being a brother and a son, sister, daughter, it could go on and on friend and acquaintance even <clears throat> how do you go now what do you do today to get there because I think 
with that in mind, it can change our life. And it can change it from one of, of instead of just being about the daily tasks and getting stuff done and, and uh, you know, racing to get to Netflix and go to bed, it's, it's a, instead it's creating a life of meaning. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting when uh, Sigmund Freud was at his peak um, where he basically proposed, and all this, this is in a quick nutshell, but he basically proposed that, that all human beings are just driven sexually, that they're driven through their passions and pleasures, that the, the reason they do anything is just for pleasure. And that was catching on a lot in the psychology field. And, and then along came this man <laughs> named Viktor Frankl, a German psychologist who had just survived Auschwitz. And he proposed that Sigmund Freud was incorrect and that life is actually about meaning. And this didn't go over super well because it pretty much punched him in the face. Because <laughs> how do you how do you argue how do you argue with Viktor Frankl? You know, it's it's kind of like you know Brian Regan's comedy strip of like a man that walked on the moon. How do you how do you top that? When he when you can say I, I survived a, a I, I survived a concentration camp and guess what I created meaning out of it, like real meaning. And I think we're so caught up in our lives in creating everything else other than meaning. And just so you know, meaning meaning is uh meaning is something that is created by sharing, just so you know. You want to create meaning? Share. How many of you have have had an amazing cookie? Right, you take a bite out of an amazing cookie and it's just like the best cookie you've ever had. What's the first thing you do? Besides take another bite. <laughs> right? You you tell someone. Especially if you're at a party, you're around people, the first thing you're going to do is like, "Did you hey, did you have one of those cookies? They're so good." Joy experiencing joy, the first the first thing we ever do when we experience joy is share. That's what we want to do. That's why shame, the op- in a lot of ways, is the opposite. Whenever we feel shame, we hide. But joy, we, we share. It's our natural, it's a natural instinct is to share. And in life, the more we share of ourselves, the more joy we feel, and subsequently, the more meaning we create. And the fact is, any of us could go at any time. Right? That's, that's the wake-up call that I got. And it's really sad that I had it because my dad was 43 when he died. And then Ronnie was 44. And so here are these two colossal giants of of men in my life who have now passed. And I got to stay woke. I got to stay awake to realize like what in life really matters. And it's called perspective, right? If we have an infinite amount of perspectives to take every day, why would we choose perspectives that take us down? Why not choose perspectives that build us up? And what I'm trying to say to you is when you have the hope, when you have a when you have a, a mental image, a visualization of a climactic scene in your life of maybe a funeral and what people would say and, and what the what people would would share about you or what people would feel because of you, it'll change your every hour. It can change you. 
I was given a challenge. The re, this idea of this climactic scene isn't mine. I, I've I was in a I was I've been doing this business course, and and this this man, Donald Miller, proposed this activity. It was really cool. And I'll be honest, the the very the very first thing when he when he started talking about climactic scenes, he proposed a funeral. And my mind went to, I think my climactic scene could be hugging the savior. Of, and that's what I wanted. That's where my the first image that came to my head was hugging the Savior. And maybe that takes it to a level for you that is a little more, I don't know, maybe you can see that better. I don't know. But that also changed me in thinking about that experience of what that will be like. Will it be full of shame? Will it be full of regret? Or will it be a friendship? Will it be a gratitude and and what will he say to me and now for me hugging my father and then hugging my my brother-in-law Ronnie and anybody else who passes before me that I've really looked up to that matters to me and I and I I I know that the clearer we can keep that hope the brighter we can keep that hope the more it can direct our life now. And I do think I do think many of us walk aimlessly at times, not always, but we can we can lack focus. We can lack that aim of of why we even got up. You know, motive, the word motive, that's where that's that's why I name my company motive with a Y. M-O-T-Y-V. That's what that means. Motive means what is your why? Not just from the past, but what is your why in the future? What do you what, what drives you? Why do you do what you do? And the more infinite your motive is, the more powerful and, and tangible it can be, the more it will drive you. But I, I'm here to tell you that you always have one. You will always have a, a drive. You will always have, so to speak, a motive. It just matters what type it is and what, what it actually is. Because if your motive is just power, prestige, prominence, right? All those powerful P words. If it's for approval, it's for glory. It'll, it'll do what it's supposed to do. And you might actually attain all of them. And then who will be there? At your funeral. What will be said about you? We're all tempted that way. We're all tempted to just preserve ourselves, to focus on keeping our ego good, keeping our image good, keeping keeping ourselves safe. Well, guess what? Service. Service is what's always talked about at funerals. Service is the means of meaning. Service is the means of meaning. Service is the way to creating relationships. And I believe in our society, we've gotten so far away from service, it's, 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 it's absolutely depressing. And I'll tell you one thing. One of, the, one of the most beautiful parts of Ronnie's death has been to see that not everyone has lost service as a, as a value and a virtue in their life. So many people reached out and so many people have just eased the burden that this has been. 
And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see the compassion of other human beings towards others. And you don't want to know why they have compassion. I've said it before on here before. The reason that these people have so much compassion is because they see the suffering. They see the pain. It's, not, it's undeniable. When someone dies, suffering and pain is as obvious as it comes. It's, a, it's, it's assumed without any, without any fault. And so when, when any human sees another person's suffering or pain, guess what happens? <laughs> Compassion. It's like a, it's, a, it's a switch. It's a law within every one of us, unless you have literally been broken by some abusive person or whatever. 99% of the human population, when they see suffering and pain, does respond with compassion. So you wonder why why is there such little compassion at times? Why is there such little, so little uh, service at times? It's because we hide our pain. It's because we hide our suffering all the time. We think that we're being stoic and and awesome by not showing anything, when in all reality, we're shutting ourselves down and shutting else, somebody else's opportunity down to get outside of themselves and actually maybe heal some things in their own life. I am, I am, I am of a strong opinion and conviction that very few of our problems actually need solved. And I'm of the, and I'm of the same opinion that most of our problems only need a new perspective and that a new perspective paradoxically could be said is what solves that problem. A new perspective is what most of us needs, not necessarily some grandiose solution. Just a new perspective. And when we do that, when we find that perspective by, by what we focus on as what creates meaning in our life, you will see yourself start to heal, I promise. Because as you begin to share yourself, as you begin to serve, as you begin to create that meaning in your life, you'll realize you're okay. And that people get to be imperfect. People get to be really, in a lot of ways, half broken sometimes and still create meaning in their life. And that meaning juxtaposed with problems is still meaning. I can still have problems in my life. I can still have issues. I can still have really bad struggles. But as long as I'm focused on meaning, guess what's going to happen? Those things are going to start to f- fix themselves. They're going to start to to go away. And what I, I've said this so many times before, you must not procrastinate and put and, and wait until your problems are solved to create meaning. Let me say that again. If you wait for your problems to be solved to create meaning, you'll never get there. Focus on meaning now and see what starts to happen to your problems. I promise they will begin to minimize. I promise they will begin to create and have greater clarity. And the severity of those problems will become more focused and and again clear to you as to how severe they actually are. And I'm just telling you, most of us think our problems are bigger than they really are. I hope everyone to take, everyone listening will take the challenge to take some time with yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Take some time for yourself and think about your funeral, right? And what you once said. 
If you really dare, I dare you to write your own obituary. What do you want said about you? What do you want to hear? And uh, and then start start creating that same that that in your life right now. Start building towards that. And I promise you'll be happier. Thanks for listening, everyone.